namo tassa bhagavato arahato asamma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato asamma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato asamma sambuddhassa buddhang dhammang sanghang namasami So, on this full moon, day of, uh, what month was January, full moon, month of January, right? That's not on the 28th, uh, Thursday, um, request for a Dhamma talk and I thought I'd love to offer something um, yeah, on these full moons it's good the day of uh, reflection day of practice the day of trying to work with the five hindrances as we uh, sit and walk late into the night and uh, that was, would be helpful for us to do that. And also I think um, the past few weeks there have been quite a lot of activities of comings and goings and people visiting teenage, young adults weekend and uh, um, there was a holiday so lots of people coming. So it's been quite a busy period and then uh, I think we're, that's coming to a close and uh, that's uh, Less things are happening, less people are expected to be coming, less activities on, uh, at least on the diary, mostly uh, going instead of coming. So we're heading towards a period of um, more quietness. And uh, yeah, so it's a chance to just reflect, but also just to, uh, to look at the practice from a different perspective. On the one hand, you know, there's, you know, kutis to build, toilets to clean, solar system to fix, dealing with different people coming and going. But another perspective is just, yeah, things arising, passing away, and it's all a practice. The present moment's always here. How am I relating to the situation? How am I relating to things that are already here? Is it with acceptance, with generosity, with gratitude, forgiveness? Or is it with a bit of aversion, a bit of preference, liking, disliking? Oh, I can't wait till these people go so that I can have a quiet place now again. Oh, I can't wait to get rid of this thing so that way I can do my, my projects that I want to do. And uh, so in a monastery, even in a monastery, you know, we kind of... Um, strata between the two worlds of um, the world of letting go, world of, you know, nothing really matters, just a rising, passing away. But there are things that are also, that um, needs to be the practical reality of things, that, you know, yeah. You know, food's got to be cooked and, you know, things got to uh, uh, happen in a certain way. 
So it's also, also like a good opportunity to practice. You know, you're cleaning the kitchen or whatever. How are you, what kind of attention are you putting onto it? Is it with, with presence or is it just getting rid of so that you can do something else that you want? So this practice of um, this quality that a lot of the meditation masters talk about, like sati panya, mindfulness and wisdom. Mindfulness in, in the fourth tradition is always coupled with wisdom. It's not mindfulness for, for its own sake. So mindfulness, you hear a lot, is this kind of present awareness, this um, being aware of what's happening, but just not just awareness, but with a large dose of care and compassion that you want to be here. You see that it's important to be here. You're not trying to tune out. So much in the world is trying to tune out to things we don't like. We just focus on things we like and turn on the rest. But mindfulness is just really just to be, to be aware of happening, to be present, but also to embrace what's happening. Sometimes bare awareness, people say, just, you know, really just, just like, you know, walk slowly or eat slowly, move slowly. Somehow we're more spiritual when we, people do that. It looks good. You walk around mindfully, slowly, back and forth. And, uh, but that's not all there is to the practice. It's the wisdom path of it. How, am I, how are we relating to this? How are we not make a problem out of it? How do we not make suffering? How do we incline towards the ending of suffering? as opposed to making more suffering. Because you see, you know, many activities we do, many worldly things have mindfulness. Great sports people can be quite mindful when you're playing tennis, you know, at the competition level. Or, you know, surfing, running. Any activity that is mindfulness. But they, just that by itself, doesn't lead to the end of suffering. The surgeon to be pretty mindful, to be cutting people apart and putting people together. They're also quite mindful as well. But that's not enough to end suffering. There's also the ability to wisdom part of it. So many, there are many intelligent people in the world that can, are very sharp at thinking about things, analyzing things, taking things apart, finding solutions to things. But nevertheless, unless they have wisdom, wisdom is the aspect that frees ourselves from suffering. There's plenty of intelligent people that suffer quite a bit because of their intelligence. Ability not to be able to let go of things, to fault find, to look at things from a negative, you know, negativity. So a lot of times, you know, it's good, uh, a good reflection to always point back to. When you're mindful of something and then ask, how is it contributing? Am I moving towards suffering or moving away from suffering? How do I lessen my suffering of myself and others? The things. How do I hold the world? Because when there's suffering, there's wrong view in there somewhere. There is confusion. There's delusion. There's craving. So as we suffer, we feel annoyed, irritated, it's good to ask, where is it am I not seeing clearly? Where is it that I'm making a problem out of this. Where is it that I'm wanting things that are not um, 
that are not possible. And wanting things to always go our way is a major delusion uh, for most people. You know, and when we suffer, there is a craving somewhere, there's a wanting somewhere. So it's good to bring this, you know, satipanya, this mindfulness, awareness, present moment, presentness to the situation and see, you know. And it's through delusion that we make suffering for ourselves. So whether there's suffering, just think there's always the end of suffering as well. So it's a good reflection to remind himself when you're suffering. How am I making more of a problem out of this? How am I, am I missing something? How can I see this from a way that it lessens my suffering? And so much of suffering comes from, you know, being sick, not getting what you want, people annoying you, not doing what you want. And then you get irritated and you reflect, oh, I'm irritated because I want people to do things the way I want them to do. But that is an unrealistic expectation. People will do what they want to do. Occasionally they do what we want to do, but for the most part they do what they want to do. So the more we learn to accept, the more we learn to make peace with the situation. And the more we'll see that you know, suffering lessens. So as we go out about our daily life, doing things, cooking in the kitchen, building kutis, mowing, cleaning the monastery. You ask yourself, how am I relating to the present moment? How am I relating to myself? How am I relating to my weaknesses and my strength? Am I relating with acceptance, with care, with compassion? Or am I relating with negativity, judging, fault-finding, with aversion. Because we, you know, each have our own path of practice. We each have our strength and weaknesses. And as we move through the day, we can use the chores that we have, the activities we have in the monastery to increase our awareness, to so see where is it that we're missing, where is it we're adding suffering to our life that we don't need to. And expecting things to be perfect, you know, the roof is always going to leak. Toilets always are not going to work all the time. The body is always not going to be feel so energetic all the time. The mind is not so happy all the time. But that's okay, it doesn't have to be a problem. Remember, perfection is not out there. Perfection is our relationship to the world, relationship to ourself. We can learn to accept, to embrace, to forgive, to move with clarity and compassion. So if we continue this long session of sitting and walking, there will be the usual suspect that arise in the mind, late in the line, the irritation, the pain, the discomfort in the body. And that's the challenge of the practice. How are you relating to that? 
They went to perversion with doubt. This is really stupid. I don't know why we do this every single fortnight. You know what we get out of it. Most people are snoring away anyway. When we just lie down and sleep. And that mind crossed the mind. Sure, it's crossed my mind many times when I'm sitting. <laughs> but then I said, "Yeah, it's just one voice. Just one voice that comes and go." And there's the, yeah, you know, and they, sometimes it's just a nice thing, just like, yeah, 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 so what? Shut up. Yeah. This is just, and you can label it, this is the full finding mind coming, the grumpy mind, it's annoying. Or sometimes the mind that wants to escape. Oh, I'm getting bored here, so I go and walk around the monastery, make myself another t- a drink. Or do whatever it is that we do to escape from the suffering. But sometimes it's just, yeah, just waiting the moment. Not really, you know, dying for the night to come, but uh, finding happiness and waiting the moment. Yes, you know, it's rainy, so maybe you can't walk outside, but you can walk, do walking meditation with your umbrella and just sit and wait, enjoying the quietness, the forest, finding ways to bring happiness and gratitude and contentment to the moment, bringing this perception, yes, we're part of this wonderful movement of peace and compassion that every single, well, not every single monastery, but many, many monasteries in Thailand, Sri Lanka, Burma, they're all sitting and walking, all reflecting on the Buddha, Dhamma, and the Sangha, cultivating peace and stillness, and we're part of this wonderful system, part of this wonderful family of brotherhood, of sisterhood, of goodness and wholesomeness. So then it's a great opportunity, really, you know, an opportunity to you know, focus on the formal practice from time to time. Although we do a lot of you know, sitting meditation, most camp, so it's good to you know, take one night and just to Devote that to sitting and walking mostly. Or just to be the body and mind. Or just to break a rhythm of you know, bedtime at 9.30 or 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, whatever. What happens when we go against our habitual tendency? What kind of states of mind that comes up? Oh, okay, that's interesting. So I find it's always kind of a an interesting experiment, different states of mind that come up. I always tell people, you know, you're not just one person in there, there's a committee, a committee of personality sitting inside your mind. There's also the spiritual, the loving, kind, peaceful person. But there's also an immature little brat in there that wants what he wants, that gets grumpy and obnoxious and can fault find and judge people, judge others and yourself. It can be really mean and nasty as well that comes up in the, in the deep of the night. And that's the challenge. What are you going to do? Are you going to allow that part of yourself to come out just to express itself, see what it feels like to be grumpy, feels like to be fault finding, feels like to be judgmental, feels the negativity. Ultimately, 
We know that we're more than that. That these are just moods of the mind that comes and go. These are just a thought. They're not any more real than anything else in life. These are just ideas that come and go. Ultimately, we can be centered. We can hold these things. Hold the negativity. Not all about love and light. Sure, we all want to be love and light and do a good, big group hug mentally all the time. But sometimes it's, all, it's also about, yes, there are disappointment, there are disagreement, there's arguments, there are negativity from time to time. And that's okay. The ability to hold unpleasant things, to be with that. Do not allow that to shake you, to move you. Ability, this mind that says everything belongs. The good, the bad, the ugly, the terrible belongs. We can learn from them. So much of learning comes from growing through difficulties. Things don't go your way. When you become really sick, when your meditation is not going anywhere, you feel. But you're just still putting in the time, putting in the effort, sit, still sitting on the cushion, trying to watch the breath, allowing things to come. It all comes back to faith and devotion, consistency, ability, just steadiness, just to keep sitting, keep practicing. Whatever the results are, whatever the mind says, what Mars says, what different doubt thing, things that come up. You say, oh, that's interesting, but you know, I'm just going to, tomorrow's another day. Maybe you had a terrible day today. Everything's terrible. Feeling grumpy and full of doubts and negativity. But say, tomorrow's another day. I'm still going to continue practicing. I'm still going to put effort into clarity. Still going to cultivate wholesome states of kindness and compassion. Yes, sometimes I get angry and annoyed and lose my temper. But that's okay. That's what happened. But there's always an opportunity in the future, always opportunity to do better, to grow from these experiences. And it's through ability to open the mind, to be present. You say, what's happening right here, right now, in my body, in my mind? What moods am I experiencing? And how can I relate to that in a skillful way? How can I relate with love and compassion, with forgiveness, giving things the benefit of the doubt? How can I relate with the clarity so as we move, we practice tonight, whether late or little, whether lying down or sitting, hopefully we do it with clarity, with wisdom, with acceptance. So I offer that for your reflection on tonight's.
Almost nine o'clock.